The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Mike. You sound subdued. We are here on Monday evening recording because, well, Sunday, at least one of us was a little bit busy. Probably both of us. Um, Holidays are upon us. Um, Before we record again, um, Hanukkah will be over. Christmas will be over. Um, And Boxing Day will be upon us. And the start of the World Junior Championship. Hoorah. Happy, happy to all the celebrations. Um, Please remember to take some time to enjoy yourself this week, next week, before you get into the hustle, bustle, and rat race of the new year. I knew about the World Juniors only because, since I follow the Wolverines, they made a big point of of accentuating the fact that uh, four Wolverines are going to be on the World Junior team. So only four, only God. four, only four this time. <laughs> they must feel sh- great and deep shame. I'm sure they do. <laughs> but if they're bragging about it, I wouldn't go that far. Humble brag. So we've got so so we 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 did we did start late this evening because there was a game. So forgive us for. If we do ramble a little bit, we tend to ramble at night. How would anyone notice the difference? <laughs> Fair point. I mean, so, before we dive into the other topics, we should point out this is our official number 300 show. Um, I mean, they have, as you pointed out to me off air last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before, there have been a few deadline supplementals and playoff supplementals, but actual Sunday slash Monday shows. Yep. There have been 300. This is number 300. So congratulations to you. We've made it 300 episodes without. We've made it 300 episodes without murdering each other. Yeah, there you go. We still talk to each other, people. (laughs) And we actually talk to each other other than the show. (laughs) Yeah. It's sometimes it's amazing <laughs> about things other than hockey. <laughs> yes. Um, for those of you who don't know us at all that well, uh, we hit the movies together at least a few times a year. Um, we'll go out uh, and do some other stuff. We do occasionally go to games in person. I, Chris and I have been talking about hitting a couple of college games together for at least, oh, I don't gotta, know what, we've 15 got to, years. We've, we've got to plan the, the, the hockey East. The, the hockey East uh, trip, as we were calling it. The, the, the we should do we should do at least three hockey East trips before the end of this hockey season. Um, not counting, of course, the bean pot. But I would love to start over at Lowell uh, for one of their hockey East games. Technically, the bean pot is not. Technically, the bean pot is not hockey East because Harvard is ECAC. That's true, but uh, the other <laughs> the other three teams are all hockey east. Yes, I'm aware of this. Um, but I would love to do UNH too because I've never been there. Um, I've been into the uh, the. I've never been to Maine. I've never well, I've been, been to UMass Lowell Arena. Uh, sorry, if we're going to Maine, I am only going in like September, October, or so, like May. 
So we're going to wait until Maine actually comes south. <laughs> we're going to ma- wait until Maine thaws. Uh, I have a family member who is going to school up at UMaine for black bears. Um, and he, I mean, he grew up here in a town on the water with all of New England's sundry winter fun. And even he talks about needing to walk with his face shielded uh, across campus all the time. No, all that's the time. not that. That's really not a good sign. Look, I, I knew someone from Ipswich who went up there, and she thought it was too cold and too nasty for her. And she loves winter. Like she's a skier. Um, Orno is just a different level of winter. Okay. Uh, You realize we're already rambling, right? We never stop rambling. Um, (laughs) We we should just stop pretending that we don't ramble. This is true. Over the 300 uh, episodes, um, we've talked about everything hockey. Literally everything hockey. We've talked about the two women's leagues. We've talked about the Olympics. We've talked about sledge hockey. We've talked about high school hockey. We've talked about the ECHL the AHL, the NHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League. We've talked about college hockey. We've talked about European leagues. We've talked about tournaments. We've talked about salary caps. We've talked about awards. We've talked about revamping rules. We have talked about everything. And you know what? That's what this one. Yes. That's <sighs> what makes it fun. If I had to talk about the same thing, like if we were only covering the Bruins, if we were only covering the ECHL, if we were only covering well, hockey, we were only, I well, would set myself we, on fire. If we were only covering the ECHL, then we'd have to we'd have to have some sort of I don't know fight counter or something. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, uh, and or how many play or how many people in the fa- in the stands actually have players in effigy or referees or. And we needed that. We need like a a an award for like most unruly fan chant, um, and that one that one alone could consume like three days of us lobbying against each other for votes. Um, I'm sorry. When the bloodlust comes out, <laughs> and that's what it was, and it was gorgeous. Like that level of hockey passion is something that I sometimes find lacking when I go to the Bruins games. Like I, in all honesty, you know. Yes, but they actually start chanting for fighting. It's like you don't, and I understand you don't get that at the NHL level. You really don't get that at the AHL level unless you consider Popsico something to fight over. (laughs) I know it's your favorite song. I'm sorry, and your favorite video. I don't mean your favorite video. You never, never about it. And I, being the good friend that I am, I occasionally send you that video just to warm, just to warm your heart a little tiny bit. I, I so appreciate it. But yes, at the at the Worcester Railers game, they were actually chanting for fighting. And there was there were at least two people in the stands with us who had referee voodoo dolls hung in effigy. That's why I said And it. we're holding them up over their heads multiple times per game. We're not making this up because you can't make it up. I, 
like, I'm not saying it's too weird for me. I'm just saying it's not a thing I would imagine. I'm just surprised they weren't on sale at the merch table outside in the in the in the in the lobby. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Missed opportunity for the ECHL I'm, to market itself and drive revenue. I'm thinking that that's a that's going to be a number one seller at some point. <laughs> Do we uh, actually have a show? Or you, I mean, we don't have to. We can just keep talking about the we fun we've had. We definitely have a show. Um, there's and there's on, a couple there's things. Actually, since we're being slightly unruly, yes. let's just jump right to Jacob Truba. Um, I'm sorry, but his, now his, a couple of weeks ago to set this up. Okay, uh, Jacob set Truba, it up with this tantrum. Uh, Nathan, what's his name? Sorry, Nathan, Nathan Gravita. Um tweeted a couple of days or earlier or yesterday yesterday on the 18th that since Jacob Truba did this the New York Rangers are 7 and 0 outscoring teams 33 to 14 they've beaten the New Jersey Devils the Toronto Maple Leafs the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights what he's doing of course is ripping his helmet off as he skates towards uh the exit and throwing it at the boards hard enough that it probably legit left a dent in the boards and ruined the helmet. Because uh, Jacob is not a small man, and he's not throwing it just just to throw it. He's throwing it with intent. At the time, it's 247 uh, left in the second period, and the Rangers are losing 3 nothing to the Chicago, like, 30 seconds. Chicago is a terrible team, and there's no way any team with delusions of playoff contention should be losing to them at any point this season. And yet there were the Rangers who, quite frankly, I think were my preseason pick to win their division down 3 nothing to that team. Be upset, too. Well, when you have Go a goaltender, when you have a goaltender that won the Vesna the year before and is expected and he was odds on favorite to win it again this year. Um, you kind of, and you, and you get a 50 goal season out of Chris Kreider. Um, oops. Uh, I mean, no one expected that to be repeatable except maybe Chris Kreider, his mommy and his agent, but well, yeah, those three people. Yeah. I mean, you have Adam Fox, you have the defense that they have. So, yeah, I would I I personally would have expected them to be doing better than. Hmm. Oh, wait, where are they in the standings? Oh, yeah, they I mean, they've got 41 points. They got a six. They've currently climbed to third in the in the Metro. Yes. Two more games than both Carolina and New Jersey. Um, so they're only at a 621 uh, win percentage. Win percentage, yeah. Which is and behind Pittsburgh, who is in the first wild card spot, but has played 31 games. So I mean, they're out. They're a plus 19. They're they're 11 four and one on the road, which is their problem is they can't do anything at home. And that's a that's a that's a weird and, dynamic. And I, do, and I do have to say that Truba's form on throwing that helmet not very good i have to give him like a six six and a half at the most it wasn't that good so you're not the russian judge russian judge maybe the east german judge (laughs) 
It just wasn't that good. He, he whipped it. He held on to it too long. My guess is it either hit the base of the boards or bounced off the ice first, looking at the trajectory out of his hand. It just wasn't that good of a throw. Uh, <laughs> but temper tantrum so, be damned. He's what, mid-20s, 27, 28? Yeah, he's – I mean, Jacob Truba is a well-respected player on that team. Well, yeah. when you traded when you traded um, <clears throat> decent players to get him, and then you paid him decent money, I mean, you expect you expect him to be a leader. Does he not wear the C? I believe he does indeed wear the C. He's 28 years old. He'll be 29 in about six weeks, okay. uh, the end of February. So here's my question for you. Okay. Regarding this. Actually, I've got a couple of questions. Has the league, and I and I say this not just in terms of the league itself, but in terms of men's hockey in general, become a little too complacent? Uh, Gerard Gallant is their head coach. Gerard Gallant has a very short shelf life everywhere he goes. Um, he's only which been I since Which I also don't year. understand. What? I said I also – that's another thing I don't understand about Gerard. Gerard Gallant is a button pusher. Like, he's a button pusher. Okay. And only so many times you can stand on someone's buttons before they stop working. Period. Okay. Um, there, except for people who have mm, emotional regulation difficulties. Um, what we would have uh, casually called crazy in the 80s or before. You can only get someone to react in a certain way so many times. Um, but Jacob Cherubba was <clears throat> demonstrative in exiting the ice in this particular clip against the Chicago Blackhawks a couple of, about a week and a two ago. Has the league become too nice for its own good too nice like i mean they are trying to take fighting out of the game it's never going to happen there's going to be fighting no matter how hard they try but you got players have we seen too much of a swing towards player coaches who are coddling players and not occasionally applying foot to rear end uh to get them moving in the right direction that's a different dynamic because, unfortunately, the players – I don't want to say run the league, but the players are – Oh, I'll just be bad every time. The players are considered more important. Unfortunately, if the team if the team is terrible, it's not the team that pays the price. It's the coach. He gets fired because it's easier to fire the coach than it is yeah, – I would parse that differently. The it's franchise easy, it's may suffer. To, it's easier to the fire the coach than suffer. it is. Players don't suffer at all. The fans well, suffer and the coach suffers because he gets fired. It, but if the team is absolutely terrible, I mean, when have you seen them fire a player? The Bruins just tried to – the Bruins just put Craig Smith on waivers. For like the second or third time this season, yes. Nobody wants him, but and then that's he why he's been two or three times. Then he's actually in the game tonight. 
The man was literally on waivers 24 hours ago. He's in the game tonight. How weird was Correct. that? But anyway, I mean, it, it's I just don't like I don't like the dynamic that you can't replace players. You just replace coaches. You you're can't not fixing players. No, no, you're not you fixing can't replace players. You need to move them. But you also need to not give them no movement clauses. Looking at the Rangers roster, they have five no movement clauses or six no movement clauses. Wait, 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 wait. Was Chiarelli in charge? (laughs) And they have an additional new trade clause to uh, Barkley Goodrow. Now, Barkley Goodrow is a solid player, but... I don't think he deserves a no trade clause. Yes, I mean, a 15-team no trade list, not debilitating. Um, but but you so know who his 15 teams are. You know if you want to trade him to Arizona, he's not going to add it, – it, that's not on his list. Yes, he wants to go to a contender, period. Exactly. And, you can't and everybody him. wants to go to a contender. But here's the – so here's the question. If Jacob Truba needs to do this in order to get the New York Rangers to play to – what is at least closer to their full potential? I don't know that this had anything. I don't know that this had a whole lot to do with it. Well, I think we're giving Truba too much credit. If he assume for assume for the sake of discussion for thirty seconds that he had to do this, is Gerard Gallant doing his job? If it takes the team captain. Losing his um, post-digestive matter yes, in order to get the team to start playing like the team that we saw last year, the biggest change is – well, actually, Gallant has been there longer than that, but um, – This is, came Gal- in last this is Gallant's second season. With second him, season. But – is the has the coach already burned like worn out his welcome? Is his voice no longer being heard in the dressing room? No, I. I think part of it was did they not make the playoffs last year and go and and have a fairly good run last year? They didn't they make the final. Run, I understand it, but they've been pretty healthy. Yes, right. they had Ryan Lindgren. But, Go back to the year before that. Go back to the year before that. Go back to the year before that. Did they make the playoffs? Uh, They made the playoffs for a couple of years, but they haven't gotten to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think they've even gotten to the Eastern Conference final. So, like, cup fatigue isn't an issue. This is – and this is a young team. Their forwards' average age is 26 and a half. Their defense's average age is 24.3. Their goalies are the – old part of the team and you have Igor Shosturkin who's a decrepit 30 uh, 26 and Yaroslav Halak who is a pretty spry 37 year old <laughs> can't, you can't badmouth Halak in front of me I'm sorry <laughs> like, I, I can't I can't look at this roster and say that this team should be out of the playoffs because they shouldn't but they were, if you go back to uh, that Chicago game on the Ross on the schedule, they were outside the playoff format yes. fourteen games fourteen points ago. 
And I would like to think that it's not because they've already written off Gallant. Because if they have, then Gallant's not getting another job anywhere because it's going to – you lasted three years, three and a half, three and a half years at, at – at one team, you lasted what a year and a half at this. Team. I, I I just In I can't imagine that he's already lost the team. I really honestly believe they were underperforming, and they finally decided that whether it's Truba's little tantrum, which I don't think had that. Uh, I'm sure it had some effect, but I don't think it's had the effect of where they're going to give credit to his tantrum for winning. Four games in a row against the Stanley oh, Cup champs and three playoff performances. I'm willing to bet you that he said a lot during that intermission and a lot before the next game. Yes. But I firmly believe, as someone who has watched teams of all varieties, you know, sales teams and retail teams and kitchen teams and volunteer teams and sports teams in action my entire life. Occasionally you need someone to pull you up by your throat, dangle your toes off the floor and tell you that you need to pull your head from your nether regions and start doing the thing that you were brought in to do. And I if it's not happening in the co- from the coach's perspective or from the coach's point of origin, someone else has to do it. I've always liked Jacob Truba. I think he plays a what is currently borderline physical game, what would have been completely normal in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but in today's game is considered borderline. But to me... The fact that I don't think it's a coincidence that he got this demonstrative and they came out of a, quite frankly, not good uh, span of games. You look at the I look at it. Rangers uh, results before that, mm-hmm. that they ended up losing that game to Chicago five to two. Yeah. They lost to the Ottawa Senators three to two in overtime the game before. Um, was the was the I mean that's not fair. Ottawa beat the Bruins seven to five. I'm worried about the Bruins and have been worried about the Bruins for a while. They lost. Yeah, to, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. They they lost to Edmonton. They lost to New Jersey. Okay. They lost to the Ducks uh, back on February twenty third. They had to go to overtime against Seattle in uh, on the 17th of last month. They lost to Detroit last month in overtime. Uh, they only got they only managed to score one goal against Philly and needed overtime to do it on the first of November. This team had its head up its rear end. Okay. So let sometimes me add- need, sometimes what you need is a guiding voice to take to pull you out uh, to lead you out. I don't know. Okay, I'm. I guess I'm going to wrap it up like this. I don't know what kind of voice or leader he is in the locker room. Yep. If you were to see another captain, uh, let's say his name is Patrice. 
if you were to see another captain, such as Patrice, pull this little temper tantrum, knowing what kind of a person he is, and we know him better than we do Truba. That's correct. What kind of reaction would you have to that? Because if I, I saw Bergeron, if I saw Bergeron throwing it, whipping his helmet at the boards, I'd want to know what was wrong with him. I would feel shame because I would know what was wrong with him. Bergeron only reacts that poorly to people failing to do, willfully failing to do their jobs. We, if we could hop in our time machine and go back to that moment where we saw him and Marchand witness Joe Corvo stand there and watch a puck go into the empty net, a moment I will literally never forget because I genuinely thought Bergeron was going to attack Joe Corvo and then smashed his stick on the ice, uh, on the net rather, uh-huh. we all knew what the problem was. It wasn't that it, it's not that that it's not that that empty net goal made a difference in the outcome of the game. It's the fact that Joe Corvo wouldn't even put the effort in for, to prove that he was committed. Period. I know. I'm putting. I'm. Putting by the way, Bergeron wasn't captain then. <laughs> Just saying. I am putting this behavior by Jacob Truba into that category until proven otherwise. Okay. I just I I don't know I, I I'd like to think that I'd like to think it was it was his behavior in the locker room and not the temper tantrum itself that got the team turned around because if all it takes is whipping your helmet against the boards then no no, no. out of character behavior is sometimes the best way to draw pe- to attention to your real character that's all I'm gonna say okay I can actually agree with that but okay. Ovi, Ovi, Ovi. Now this is fun. 94 more goals to go. So I'm going to ask, we're going to, Alex Ovechkin is now, or as of this moment, tie or third, in third place. Yeah, he hasn't. Three players in NHL history, the NHL's 100 plus year history, where Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of players have played to cross the 800 goal mark. He did it with a hat trick of not very Ovi-like goals. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was a hat trick really is what makes it an Ovi night. Because he's been the most prolific goal scorer we have seen in our generation in the last 20 plus years. He's been the best goal scorer we've seen Probably ever. Like, as a pure goal scorer, I genuinely do not believe there's ever been a better goal scorer, even if he's abducted by aliens three minutes after we finish recording and he never plays another game in the NHL. Apparently. I mean, yes, when you are sitting there and you are in a very, very, very small club and he is in a very small club of people who scored 800 goals and apparently he can and I don't know when he did the, when he did the hat trick that was against I genuinely forgot already and that's very sad who was the hat trick against that's what I'm trying to he 
scored number 800. It was in a hat trick, but it wasn't. The Chicago. It was against Chicago. Right. Okay. So that was the Chicago game. That was against Chicago? Wow. Correct. Apparently, and I don't know, Chicago. No, it couldn't. It was Chicago. I'm looking at the clip of his 800th goal. That was on the 13th. Yes. Apparently, he's and, and I don't know because they played the Red they played the Red Wings tonight, and I don't know what the outcome was tonight. But apparently, he was within striking distance of actually scoring the goal that passes Gordy Howe to move him into second. And they were making a big deal out of it on the last Red Wings game. How? Of course they were. He just scored what? 20 goals in 34 games. He's on, <laughs> he's on pace for enough. He's on pace for enough? Like, it, there has literally been every reason for Alex Ovechkin to not score as many goals as he has. Goaltending is way better than it's ever been. Defensemen are way more mobile than they've ever been. Um, d- defensive systems that didn't exist 30 <laughs> years ago are common. He's 37 years old and has played a brutally physical game his entire NHL career. All 1,300 games, he's played a brutal physical game. Yeah. Um, there's literally every reason for him not to have hit 800 goals, not to still be playing in 20 goals in 34 games. At 37 years. And no one's talking about it being 20 goals in 34 games. They're talking about the records that so he's he is making and breaking and chasing. I'm just, I guess what I'm saying, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is because he's still at 800. So, yes. He's stuck at 800. I, I just he Horrible was stuck at se- he was stuck at like 699 forever or 700. He was stuck at 699 forever too. I'm just wondering yeah. if it's in his head that he's going to pass Gordy Howe and now he's kind of uh, gripping the stick a little tighter and you know. I mean, well, at some point, honest. at some point he's going to score the goal and he's going to or score the two goals. He's going to pass Gordy Howe. He'll move into second. He's 94 away from tying Gretzky, 95 from being the number one goal scorer in NHL history. Yep. Um, I'm going to be the first to ask this question. I legitimately have not seen or heard this question anywhere. Given the way he's playing. Yeah. Given the lack of slowing down to his pace, (laughs) given how much he loves to score goals. He does. Is he going to play to a thousand goals? Because it's wow, that's I didn't say it was out of the I didn't say it was out of the realm of possibility, but that's all right. I'm I'm thinking he'll make that decision when he hits like either eight fifty or when he passes Gretzky or something. It's not unthinkable to ask the question anymore. Like no. He's going to hit – like, it's almost inevitable that he hits the 894. Does Barring something this? catastrophic and truly awful and terrible for not just Ovechkin and the Capitals and the NHL, but for the entire sport, he's going to break Gretzky's record. 
does he get the Gretzky treatment? No, he's Russian. Um, they don't retire his number eight across the league? No. You will never wow. see that again. Wow. I mean, I'm still waiting for them to retire number four across the league or number 77. They retired 77 across the league, but that's just my humble opinion. You could make the – there are people who would make unfortunately, the case retired 68 across the league. 68. Or 66, rather. Yeah, that's another discussion, especially, you know, Josh Hosang might not want to have that discussion. Personally. That, well, that had is. it been retired across the league, like some people think it should have been, he wouldn't have had it available to wear and he would have picked a different number anyways. And there was nothing wrong with him wearing it, but yeah. That's there was literally thing. nothing wrong with him wearing it. <laughs> but just, just for the sake of discussion – Mario finished with 690 goals in 915 games, which yeah. is a torrid pace in a league where goaltending was not as good. Like if you look at, uh, let's see, his best goal scoring year, <laughs> his best goal scoring year was 85 goals in the 1988-1989 season. Wow. He did that in 76 games. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and look at the save percentages in the in that year, you wouldn't even be able to hold an NHL job with those save percentages today. Nope. Like it, it, it's just not even a thing. Um, I would be inclined to agree. Nope. You just don't. You don't even have to go back and look. It's just something you should know. I mean, the more the more scientific answer for will they retire his number eight across the league is no. You can say it's because he doesn't have as many act, uh, total points as Gretzky. Even if he breaks the goal scoring record, he won't have as many points as Gretzky. So they'll use that as the argument for not retiring his number. Okay, yeah, literally I'd, the only guy in that year who would have um, who would legitimately hold an NHL job today with the same save percentage <laughs> some, is some guy named Patrick Roy. Uh, Patrick Roy. Uh, I hear he's got a temper, though. The only, he's one of two guys <laughs> with a save percentage over 900. If you can guess the other one in three tries or less quickly, I, I will owe you a drink. Dominic Hasek. Nope. Really? I think Hashik was in the league that year. What league are we talking? What year are we talking? We're talking uh, 89-90 season. 89-90. There and were. It was the the goaltender was in Buffalo. Barrasso. Nope. Clint Malachuk. And that would be three strikes. Okay. The legendary Craig Darren Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just about old enough. <laughs> he wasn't in Buffalo at the time, but yeah. <laughs> he's just about old enough, but no, the legendary Darren Poopa. He had a oh, yes, Darren Poopa. I remember him. Damn it, why didn't I guess him? He had a 903 save percentage, good for the second best in the league that year. Uh, John Casey, right behind him at 896. Andy Moog at 893. Bill Ranford, uh, rounding out the top five at 887. 
and uh, and 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 fast forward to the year 2022 the number one goaltender has the save percentage of what 936 or something Nine, <laughs> yeah it's no it's 938 when i was looking earlier it might have been updated since then but i mean look that's at, just, that is just scary though when you think about it the number the 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 amount and the thing is the pads were bigger then the pads they, were they, bigger they, a lot they, of the a lot of the equipment overall was bigger. They, I was gonna say they've regulated basically all the goalie equipment, and they made it. They made the pad smaller, and not to mention the, not to mention there was all of the what's now called interference that was allowed as normal in that at that time period. So just to go by full season, twenty five games or more played last year of the leaders board for last season. Leaders board for goaltenders and save percentage. In order to get down to a 9-12, you are dropping down to Anti Ranta at 20th last year in the league in save percentage, tied with Capo uh, Kakinen. 9-12 as a slightly above average starter. When people talk about, oh gosh, Gretzky would score even more goals in this league, I don't know. Because you can make the argument, because there's less clutch and grab, that he would be free more often. But talk to anyone who played against him. No one ever managed to put a hand on him. No one ever managed to hit him. He was fast. Yes, you've got the blue line out, but guess what? Or the red line out, rather. But guess what? There are a lot more fast skaters today than there were. The game is the game is the game is the game is remarkably faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, The players are larger, and 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 by larger I don't mean like fatter. I mean taller, more muscular. Uh, I mean how many players in this? How many players in the league nowadays are over six two or over six one or? Yeah, where they're talking about where they're talking about the fact that U.S. rinks are too small. I don't believe that rinks are too small. I love the way that the game is played in North America. When I watch, no, I, 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 I didn't say you or I, but I have seen and read and heard that Amer- that North American rinks are too small because the players are so much larger. Um. Anywho, we ha- we theoretically had a topic. Um, oh, Ovechkin, yes. Yes, Ovechkin, 800 goals. I mean, I, I'm thoroughly impressed by the fact that at 37 years old, the guy is still doing this. It's ridiculous. And, and, and his pace really genuinely is ridiculous because he made – they were talking about it on the NHL Network the other day. He made it from 700 to 800 faster than either Gretzky or Howe. And, again – much better goal scoring. If you pop Billy Huso into a into a time machine and drop him into 1989-90, he's going to be more famous than Gretzky playing the, after he plays two seasons. Billy Huso? Yeah, and he finished last year with a 9-19. Red Wings goaltender last year with the uh, St. Louis was, Blues and was the better of the two goaltenders, and yet somehow he was the one that was gotten rid of. Don't mind. <laughs> You look at his goaltending this year on a on a mediocre Red Wings team, and 
he's got like a 919 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could take Anthony Stolarz, who only played 28 games last year, but still finished with a 917, and he would be the number one goaltender on pretty much any team in 1989-90. Yep. And yet he was, and yet he was lost in the miasma, the 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 the, the goaltending carousel that is Philadelphia, along with Alex Lyon and Carter Hart because they were waiting for him. He was going to be the savior, but they they didn't want to bring him up too quick, so they had Lyon and Stolarz and Hart and Bill and Brian Elliott and. <laughs> For for that matter, take Jacob Markstrom and the career he's very, 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 very quietly had over the last been very consistent, years. super very, consistent. Yep. And drop him into the mid eighties, and he's a, and he's a and he's probably at least a one time, if not two time, Vesna winner. <laughs> Talking about renaming the Vesna after him. Last year, he finished the 21-22 season, 63 games played. He yeah, finished with a 922. Uh-huh. He would have won the Hart <laughs> and the Vesna, and it wouldn't even have been close. Like, if you throw up a 922 save percentage when only two other guys are breaking 900, they're literally renaming the the trophy after you. Damn. Um, and that's why I, as much as I look, I love Cam Neely as a player. I loved Adam Oates as a player. I watched Mike Bossy play. I watched uh, Lemieux play and Yager play. And I watched Timu Solani play. Wow. What a nifty set of myths. Um, Timu Solani still holds the rookie goal scoring record, 76 goals in one season. I watched Paul Correa play. Paul Correa was a very dynamic player. Came out of University of Maine. Watched Paul Coffey play. He had his moments. Not all of those guys could play in today's NHL. Like you pull them, you pop them into a time machine at their peak and drop them onto pick an NHL roster. I don't know if all of those guys are superstars today. Solani would be. Solani absolutely would be because he was the total package as long as you bar physicality. Um, You know, he could skate like hell. He could pass. He could shoot. He worked his butt off consistently. Paul Korea? I think Solani. I think think Korea would be. I think Korea would be all right. A superstar? Is he one of the 15 or 20 best-known players in the league today? Among among today's players? Uh, I don't That's know. a hard sell for me. Yeah. And I, and I say that with full respect to him. Now, if you pull... You, you, you advance the clock a, a couple of decades, you drop... You drop uh, Chris Pronger into this league, man, would that leave, man leave the ice with a defecation eating grin on his face on a regular basis because lots of dudes just do not keep their head up and that man loved to hit oh that you you it sounds like you're foreshadowing but okay and he was a certified shift disturber 
uh, long before Brad Marchand was born. Um, <laughs> Chris Pronger. Yes, I I enjoyed watching Chris Pronger play the game of hockey. Yes, ice hockey. Yes, I did. So he was. Um, I don't think there was anybody he was afraid of, like nope. at all, ever. And he didn't back down. Like he didn't start a lot of fights, which is amazing given how many he had. But he didn't really back down. But he was also big, scary, and nasty. Yes. So we talked about Truba and his um, exuberance. We did. I asked you to take a look at a hit. Ah, see, what you were foreshadowing. There was a <laughs> the Minnesota-Detroit game a couple of days back. Yeah. Kronik is skating up the ice, head down, eyes on the puck. And the skating wall that is Ryan Reeves is on the ice. Predictable thing happens. Some people. Irresistible force meets immovable object. Um, very movable object. Very, very movable object. Well, Philip Ronek is not quite the same size as Ryan Reeves. Now, no. bear, in, bear in mind that Ryan Reeves was let go by the Penguins because they needed more physicality. That is correct. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, look. Um, so I asked you one really important question. Because Hronik gets flattened. Like, he's on the ice. When he manages to roll up to sit on his backside, he's still curled up over his face and upper body because he hit the ground, the ice, that hard. Here's the question. And since I know you, since you haven't mentioned looking it up, clean or dirty? I haven't mentioned looking it up. I haven't. I haven't looked. I haven't looked at any other video. Any other video, except for the one that you sent me, which was embedded in a tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota State of Hockey tweeted this out, so they're pretty happy with it. Um, first thoughts, first impressions, just looking at that one video. I don't. I honestly think it. It's clean. I, I don't see, like I said, like I said pre-show. I don't see any arm movements. I don't see any thro- leading with an elbow. He's not leaving his skates. Not that he would have to to hit Philip Ronick, but not leaving his skates. He's not targeting a particular area of the body. It's just a he happened to catch Philip Ronick, not looking up, doesn't have his head on a swivel, and ouch. So I'm sorry those, that Philip. I'm sorry that Philip got hurt, and they talked about it. And like I said, they, I happened to catch the last Red Wings game because I think it was on NHL Network, and I was clicking around. Um, they were talking about at home who haven't, who aren't familiar with the players. Philip Pronick listed at six feet, 188 pounds. So by no means tiny. Yes, but not Ryan Reeves either. Ryan Reeves is listed at six two and two twenty five, and 
that's a decent amount of weight difference. It's not. It's not the height that I'm worried about. No, it's it's <laughs> it's the other number and the actual. It's the other number, force and the actual mass. movement behind that number. Yeah, force times mass and equals ouch. <laughs> yeah, but it's ouch without player safety action. I, I don't think that I don't think there needs to be. I. I I'm sorry to Philip Peronic. I'm sorry to the Red Wings. I'm a I'm a Red. I, I I like the Red Wings. I'm a huge Eiserman fan, but I don't think there was anything wrong with this. And there I don't. I honestly don't. I honestly don't know if the Red Wings are pushing it either. There was a huge outcry from Red Wings fans when it fans. happened. Fans I, are fans they, are emotional. I think that they need to <clears throat> examine their. Uh, Examine things through non uh, Red Wing Red tint. Exactly. Lines. Fans are emotional. Fans can be biased. They see this. They see Ronick's hurt. They want somebody they to want pay blood. for it. I completely understand it, but unfortunately, yes, you have to. I mean, there are times where I have to stop myself and and feel bad for guys that Connor Clifton hits. I mean, Connor Clifton is just a beautiful <laughs> hockey player. I have to get his name in every show. It's contract. I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> it, it is in our show contract, just like he'll probably get around to talking about a certain goaltender if he has, hasn't already. Well, I mentioned his save percentage. By oh, the way, I looked. By the way, I looked it up. It's nine thirty-seven, but I have not mentioned his name yet. I've done that out of respect for you. Yeah. Uh huh. But he does still, goaltenders does still lead the league. Speaking of <laughs> goaltenders, and in this case, uh, jumping the gun, or at least that's my question. Did you wait? 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 You didn't answer your own question. Clean hit. Clean hit. I thought so. All right. I mean, that's that's a freight train hitting the kitty wagon that someone left on the tracks. I mean, do you remember the do you remember the hit Hall put on on McKinnon? Yeah. Last season. And that was actually cons- that was actually deemed a clean hit. And that one looked worse than this one. That one looked worse. Uh, there's a less there's less of a size disparity between Hall and McKinnon. Yes, but there was more there was a more potential head. Yes. In yeah. So And let's and face it, McKinnon's a bigger star than Heronic. True. Um but goaltenders, 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 which are pretty much your favorite topic. Yes. Stuart Skinner, new three-year deal, $7.8 million. I'm still trying to figure out if Edmonton's got their heads. Go ahead. Because like, I'm like, Stuart Skinner, yeah, I've seen him play a couple of games. He looked good. Mm-hmm. But like three-year contract, okay, whatever. You want security. Seven point eight million. That's that's not per. Please tell me that's not per. No, it's not per. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, why? Well, I'm trying to figure out what he's done so far this year because um he's not been a bleep show. I mean, two point six mil per is not terrible for a goaltender. It's not a terrible contract. He's got a 9.15 save percentage. It's not awful. Here's, but the the important part for me, I, I this is where my non-existent Missouri roots show. 
show me. Show me why he's worth this. I pulled up the stats from for uh, Edmonton goaltenders over the last from 17, 18 season through present who played at least 25 games. Mm-hmm. That's four goaltenders. Mika yeah, Rantan, one, Mika yeah. Rantan, 164. Mike yeah. Smith, who is now a hundred and old. Um, <laughs> one, I don't think Mike Smith old. is even playing this season. And two, yeah, he's a hundred and old. <laughs> I'm is sorry. that like an actual number? I haven't. I don't remember that one from school, but you know. Yes, it's 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 right between a hundred and uh, like it's right between a hundred and a lot and a hundred and holy jumping. A <laughs> hundred and old. Okay. Yes. Is the other is the other one um, <clears throat> some guy who won number nineteen. Well, if you'd stop interrupting me, you'd hear. Oh, okay. So Miko Ranton in one hundred and sixty four goal games. Mike Smith ninety nine games. Cam Talbot ninety eight games, and of course Stuart Skinner thirty three games. Okay. His NHL career is. 33 games, about what you might expect a backup to play in one season. Okay. That said, Cam Talbot's 98 games have amounted to a 903 save percentage. Mm-hmm. Miko Koskinen's 164 games amounted to a 907 save percentage. Uh-huh. Mike Smith, who, as we mentioned, is no longer young. Yeah. Um, he amounted to a 912, uh, yep. or 913, rather. But... And Stuart Skinner is 19 games deep this season with a 9.15 behind the roster that they can expect to be going forward with for another year or two. Oh, goodness. Is this premature? No. Or is this just taking someone before they realize how bad the defense in front of them is and get out of town? What they did was they sat Stuart Skinner down in a closed room with no windows. Um, No internet, no oxygen. No internet, no oxygen, no no air conditioning, uh, one little solitary light over the table. And they put the contract in front of him, and then they brought in these guys in dark suits, and they said, you will sign this document, <laughs> or <laughs> dot, dot, dot. They didn't finish the statement. <laughs> No, I don't. I unfortunately, he's got a 9.58. He's got a 2.83, which is a little bit high. His wins losses record is terrible. I mean, it's the team around him that's ah, because 9.15 is not terrible. Yes, it's not. It's not off the charts great, but 9.15 is not terrible. And his in his career, 33 games is a 9.12. So he's consistent. 33 games. He's 24 years old. He's only been playing for two seasons. But. And one year, and last year, he was the backup. (laughs) I'm going to point towards St. Louis. Yes, I understand that you're 50 miles away from me. But you can see me pointing towards St. Louis and that guy who had, you know, one good half season. Which one? The one that's still still there? Yes. I'm sorry. St. Louis went all in on the wrong guy, but that's my argument. That's the thing. (laughs) He didn't deserve that contract. But his contract is not two point six million a year. His contract is like six million a year or something. Is it not? But they had it's, evidence. 
it's slightly yes, but it's also slightly more expensive. Two point six million a year is not going to break the bank for a kid that actually has upside. At twenty four years old, this kid has upside. I'm not saying it's the worst contract I've ever seen because it's not. I don't I think mean, they've jumped the gun. I think that they 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 got him in at a three year deal. This is it's, not Michael Mike DPH or Rick DPH's contract, right? But, I don't have a problem. I don't think they jumped the gun here. I think that they secured him, and it gives them an opportunity to see either a what else they have, or b to draft somebody else, or you know because they're not going to have Mike Smith forever in a day, as, as we've discussed. I don't think this is terrible, and I don't think they've jumped the gun. I think this was a smart move. If you think it's a smart move, we'll just leave everything right there, and I'll write that down, and hopefully in two years I won't be laughing hysterically at this memory as we do episode number uh, 410. Mm-hmm. So why, um, do you, why do you think they've jumped the gun then? Tell me. 33 <laughs> games and a defense that's terrible. How much how, – uh, what's – What's Jeremy Swayman's contract? Jeremy Swayman. What's Jeremy Swayman's contract? Completely different system. Completely different player. Doesn't matter. He is having a terrible second season. I'm sorry. He's not even at 90% save percentage. This is his third. Behind the same defense that the goaltender you don't want me to mention is playing behind. And they and the team dealt Dan Vladar because they didn't want to have two young guys and they wanted to keep Swayman in the worst way. Dan Vladar has better numbers than Swayman. I'm sorry, I just I I get where you're coming from, but I don't I, I can't agree with you on this one. Uh, and this is technically this and is technically Swayman speaking. actually doesn't have an extension. He's arbitration uh, eligible. Technically speaking, this is Skinner's third season. Okay. They're the same age. They're both 24. Swayman actually doesn't have an extension. He's going to be – they're going to lose Swayman is what's going to happen. Well, no, he's he's a restricted free agent, so they'll keep him around. They'll sign him to a one-year bridge contract like, like Pavel Zaka, and then he'll go somewhere else. <sighs> <laughs> Okay, let's jump into one of the issues that I know is going to eat a bunch of time because we're already 57 or so minutes into the show. I looked at the Jets' cap situation with their injuries. I I did notice that Wheeler's on IR. Blake Wheeler went out. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Wow. Um, Great injury after being struck there and needing surgery. Ouch. A lot. Ouch. A lot. Yes, a lot. Ouch. Um, as of right now, um, and it is, yeah, as of right now, the Winnipeg Jets are second in the Central. They played one or two games without Wheeler. Um, 661 save percentage. They have... Uh, let's see. They have a couple of points in hand. Uh, they have about five points in hand on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. 
are they going to survive until Wheeler and some of these other players start coming back? The West is really, really tight because it's <clears throat> not very good. And I still like, they're I still without, like squishies, but, squishy, but, you know. They're without Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Nate Schmidt, Mason Appleton, Logan Stanley, and Saku Mel- Ma- uh, <laughs> Melalin. I was gonna say, do I do I do I want to see this name and make an attempt at it? Uh, I know it's a Finnish name, and let's see. I, you I might do better at it than me. You seem to sometimes. If I go to Winnipeg and I look at this, we have hmm, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Nate Schmidt, Mason Allen, Logan Stanley. Saku Mainalainen, and I apologize if I and I apologize if I butchered that. Um, well, Saku is Saku is in there. the last year of. Uh, no, he's twenty eight years old. He's on an he's on a, a league minimum contract, and then he's a UFA. Or is he on the last year of a? Entry level at 28 years old. Um, I don't think I don't right. think they're as worried about him. He's not a, he's not a huge impact player, but let's uh, remember that uh, Blake Wheeler was fourth in assists for the team. Strong two way player, strong uh, strong face off man. Josh Morrissey is still leading the team in scoring, mm-hmm. and somehow has the only double digit plus plus minus. Um, this, this is, I think the issue I'm going to, the issue I have here is not so much, can they sustain? I think the issue is, and again, I'm going to revert back to the goaltenders because right now they are riding the second best goalie in the league, uh, because yes, I know Connor Hellebuck is no, he is. Got a 9.28 save percentage. He's got 2.33 goals against, but he's played 1,443 minutes. He's also got three shutouts. I, I, they, they need David Riddick to step up so that they're not abusing Connor Hellebuck. I mean, if they're still, as long as they're still putting pucks in the net, they have the defense to keep the pucks out of the net. I mean, they're a plus 23. That's a that's a solid uh, goal differential. Um, they need they need they need to be able to rely on David Riddick. He has not been reliable at his previous stops. No, no, he hasn't. But right now, twenty nine point one percent of their cap is on the injured reserve. Twenty nine percent. That's a heck of a handicap. David Riddick, unfortunately, not even at ninety percent save percentage. He's eight ninety six. So he's having an eighties season in net. He's almost half a goal goal half a goal against higher than Hellebuck. He's four and three. He's only played in seven games out of thirty one. I mean it's not that he needs to play more games. He needs to I mean, fine, you want to play him one out of every four, one out of every five, that's fine. But they need him to perform. Yes. 
I won't disagree. Look at, unfortunately, yes. Points-wise, Blake Wheeler is actually fifth in points. Um, who was who were the other ones? Kyle Con- did you say Kyle, uh, Nate Schmidt? Or injured or in points? The injured ones was Kyle Connor one of the injured? Uh no. Okay. Um, their injured reserve is it was Wheeler. Blake Wheeler, Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. I mean, point, I mean, he's 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 probably he he's probably a bigger loss than. Most not. I think Blake Wheeler is still a huge loss, but uh, just leading by example, leader on the ice. I think that that the intangibles are what you're losing with no Blake Wheeler. Nate Schmidt's probably your second biggest loss because he's probably what top four defenseman on the team. Has to uh, probably top pairing defenseman on the team. Um, Nikolai Ehlers only managed to play two games this season. So he hasn't been a part of the chemistry of the roster this year. Okay. Um, so when he comes back, you know, Ehlers has been if he does, he, he's basically a deadline acquisition because he won't be back much before then, if at all. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay as long as they get the goaltending. Fair deal. Without without abusing that without abusing Connor Hellebuck, the the holiday break helps. I mean, that's a good three days where everyone can sit still and nurse anything nagging, and just reoxygenate. Um, worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, the professional, um, yeah. The PHF has hit their holiday break. They don't come back until June. Uh, j- sorry, January seventh. Um, for those wondering uh, on the standings, the Ottawa Sixes have played ten games, seven wins, one loss. Lead the league. They also lead the league in penalty minutes at ninety-six in those ten games. The Boston Pride, the reigning and defending world champions. Uh, yeah. seven two and zero, um, sixty eight penalty minutes. That contrast between the two at the top of the league is honestly kind of hilarious. Um, and then you have uh, the Buffalo Buttes, who have only managed to play six games so far this season, way down at the bottom of the league. Um, for those of you who have not who have been paying attention, you probably know that during the time we've been recording uh, the the rivalry series between Canada and the U.S. has been taking place, kicked off at 10 p.m. Eastern in Los Angeles. Um, I will not spoil it for anyone listening <laughs> um, who is going to watch the game uh, before or as soon as they can. Um, and... Uh, I think it's it's definitely worth noting how well these teams are pushing each other, um, and how the league has managed to continue to grow. Um, you know, last year they were at 
uh, six teams, five teams. They're at seven now. They already have plans for their additional league uh, teams. Whatever else happens, I, I said this before, I think that the two women's organizations need to figure out a way to combine forces for the good of the game. I don't think that they can get to national prominence, or and by national I do mean both U.S. and Canada, um, in being regularly featured in the news and in this and sports discussions and push the game further forward to get those higher salaries and higher league revenues that they want while they're still playing like two separately as two separate entities. I do believe uh, I'm looking at my thing here real quick. Yes. The game Boston Pride played on Sunday. If you want to, if if you don't believe that these games that that these games are at all competitive, one example: December 11th, the Boston Pride played the Buffalo Buttes. Now, Buffalo, not the strongest team. They were at one point in that game down, like four to nothing, five to one. The game ended seven to five. They came back, tied the game. Pride scored a goal. I mean, ended up scoring in the in one of the one of the two at the end was obviously an empty netter. But to be down and not give up, and I mean, unfortunately, the Buttes are at the bottom. Of the, if I'm not mistaken, they were at the bottom of the standings. Uh yeah. Like look here, Buffalo Buttes, six games. They're one, four, and one. Right. And one of the four losses was that December 11th game. Um, that was their fourth loss. Honestly, the competition level of these games is through the roof. We've seen Correct. them play. We've seen them. And that's one of the other games that we really need to do this year is get to uh, oh, get over to Warrior for uh, a game for the Pride. It's not like we don't know how to find the Warrior Ice Arena. I have no idea what the Warrior Ice Arena is. Very good. You said that like you meant it. Oh, I'm not good at sarcasm. I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it, honestly, but uh, I'm sure someone can explain it to us in the comments. Oh, that's right. When I say Kelowna Rockets, you say? Kelowna Rockets, I say OHL. I say prospects. I say I want to see who's on the team and who's leading in points because they're probably going to get drafted really high. I don't follow the Kelowna Rockets until prospect time. Um, and what am I? What am I? What am I? What am I, what am I missing? Are not necessarily surprising. Uh, prospect who came to my attention uh, in the last couple of days, just following the news. Andrew Kristal, left wing, number where's number 28? He's been smoking hot lately. Yeah, but he's a left wing, so you'll never see him in Boston. That's likely true. Um, but <laughs> draft two. And maybe his agent will convince Boston that he's a center. So, Well, that, that, see, now if you do that, you're more than likely to get him drafted by the Bruins. 29 games played, 21 goals, 34 assists, total of 55 points, 
plus yep. 17. In his last couple of games, um, four points against Lethbridge, one, th- uh, one, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Two points against, oh, God, I forget who SC is. Um, so two, two, and four. Had two points in the game before that against Vancouver. Um, Victoriaville, he well, they held him off the uh, held him off the score sheet. Had an assist in each of the two games before that. Um, Spokane managed to hold him off the score sheet, but you go back to uh, the game against Regina. Again, another four point uh, night, two and two. Goal against uh, Moose Jaw, two assists against Everett. Um, an assist against Seattle, three point night against, um, oh God, I can't remember who TC is. I'm sorry. Um, and then four points against, uh, Spokane again, and then another one point night, uh, one goal night against, uh, Cam Loops. And then going back to, uh, going back to November 9th. He has a five-assist night. Five-assist nights against the Prince George Cougars. A, a game that finished uh, 8-6 uh, in Kelowna's favor. But five-assist you're in the right place and doing the right thing a whole heck of a lot. Um, for a center, five-assist night would be noticeable. For a winger, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it actually is. I mean, you'd stop and think about five-point nights, and I understand that they are playing in a different league. It's not the NHL. I get it. But if you think about it, Patrice Bergeron, yes, he's a center, but just the other night had a five-point night. It was only the second of his career. Oh, yeah. Which is- so five-point nights do not come along like – they're not an accident. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're not talking. They're, they're not giving out like Halloween candy. <laughs> no. Um, and so anytime, I don't care what position you play. Anytime you can get a five point night, you've uh, you've accomplished something. I'm going to ask you to put put on put on your thinking cap real quick. Is he taking Connor Bedard's spot as the number one prospect? No. Okay. <laughs> My best guess is he'll land. He'll go somewhere between twelve and eighteen, uh, based or maybe twenty-two, based on what's on elite prospects right now. Um, I mean, does it hurt him because of what league he's playing in? No. I think the fact that he's a little small still hurts. Uh, he's listed at one hundred and sixty-five pounds. Yeah, eat a sandwich. Um, he maybe won't two. turn. He won't turn twenty, or he won't turn eighteen until the middle of, or until the beginning of February. Uh, but looking at the rankings consolidated by uh, elite prospects, he's everywhere as high as seven from Smart Scouting down to uh, twenty-two from the Hockey News and FC Hockey. Okay. I have a lot of respect for FC Hockey. Um, the Hockey News, I haven't, I haven't watched their rankings as closely over the years. McKean's has him at 14. Craig Button has him at 16. Uh, Recruit Scouting and Dauber Prospects both have him at 11. Um, so I think – I mean it doesn't sound like there's a wide range of rankings though. It's not like nope. one person has him at seven and another 
Another Price ranking has him at 63 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And for those. Because I'll be honest, I, I, I haven't seen anything of him yet, but I haven't. I tend to not start looking until after the beginning of the year. I get all focused on what's going on in, on, in the big clubs. And then after the beginning of the year, I start looking at, at prospects and. And for those wondering, he does have an older brother, um, Tyler Kristall, who plays for St. Louis University. Um, Tyler is listed as a as 5'8", 170, 20-year-old uh, forward, um, 16 games in the NCAA this year, 2-3-5. Uh, and five. Um, be interesting to see where uh, where the younger uh, Cristal goes, um, and whether he makes the jump straight to pro hockey next year, or, stick, or goes back to the WHL for another year. Um, I haven't. I was going to say Andrew. Second. Andrew being the younger. Uh, yes. Okay. So, and I'm looking at. I'm actually. And if you look at last year's numbers, I mean. In half the time, if I'm not mistaken, he's 14 points behind where he was all of last season. You're indeed correct. Um, wow. 61 games last year, um, 28, 41, and 69. So definitely got him noticed. But I'm sh- Yeah, I'm sure it got him noticed. But this season... Uh, you know, tw- uh, 29 games, 21 goals, 34 assists, 55 points, nothing to sneeze at. His playoff performance last year might be worrying to some. Yeah, uh, just a little. Five games, four assists, no goals. Um, He's a minus six. But uh, the team was the team was not great. I mean, he's projected overall to just fell short of the of 50 goals this year. Um, in the dub, and then 129 points uh, in 68 games. That's wow. that's a pretty gosh darn impressive that's a big jump. That's a huge jump, and yeah. I I don't think it's the case. But one has to wonder if it's peaking uh, peaking now and he's just not going to continue to advance um I don't, I don't know i don't want to wish that on anybody i mean he's absolutely not not with the consistency he's displayed this season um right we mentioned at the beginning of the show boxing day uh that's december 26th the world junior champion begin championship begins for those of you trying to figure out what you're going to do with your vacation time um, February 7th and 14th are the dates for the Women's Bean Pot here in Boston. Those will be played at BC's Kelly Arena. Um, February 6th and 13th will be the Men's Bean Pot. Those will be played at the TD Boston Garden. And I believe we haven't we haven't been to a bean pot in a few years. Uh, well, we have not been to bean pot in a couple. They of had years. that pause thing though. That was not our fault. Ooh, I try not to remember that. Yeah, that was not our fault. 
Um, really, really quickly, because we are running... Actually, we still have a few minutes. How did that happen? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure out... Our poll we question. We have, as you say, we haven't missed anything. I'm looking at our looking at our board here and I know our oh the other topic we'll, we'll talk about the poll results real quick and then we'll get to that thing that I said I want I was worried about the Bruins um, oh, okay we put up the poll we discussed it a little bit last week and the polls results flip-flopped around 30 percent uh, with around 40 percent of the votes in um, so this week's question was, are Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, the new Sedins, highly talented, but ultimately not cup winners? <laughs> I think the answer is probably definitely not among those two choices. Um, so 60.9% of voters. But they only had two choices. You can't do that. Of course I can. I wrote the poll. Well, then why didn't you include the other choices? It didn't really occur to me, and besides, it wasn't as interesting to make three choices. Okay, so what's what's the choice you didn't include? I'm going to be really, 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 really generous and say it's too soon to tell. You know, you know what that answer is, right? And you know what my response is going to be: you get off the damn fence. <laughs> Look, the Sedins didn't make it till the, to the Stanley Cup final until they were older than these two guys are. We can give them another couple of years. These guys aren't making it to a Stanley Cup final. Come on now. Uh, and, and, until, until ownership in Toronto and the GM in Toronto takes goaltending and defense seriously, it's never going to happen. <laughs> so you're, you're a strong no. I'm a strong. These guys, unfortunately... Um, eighty-five to ninety percent sure they're, they're the next Sedins. Unfortunately, it's, something's got to change on that. It's, something's got to change in that franchise. I it, highly talented forwards are a great thing, but where's Edmonton gone with all of that? Why are you following the Edmonton game plan? Let's draft every forward we can. We won't worry about the back end, and who needs a goaltender? I mean, poor Fred Anderson, you abused him like a government mule. He wanted out of town. You bring in Jack Campbell from L.A., who's actually a solid replacement, and then went, nah, you know what? We're going to get that Murray guy because he's not going to cost us as much, and he never plays because he's always hurt. (laughs) Because we don't really need a goaltender. And poor Jake Muzzin, get him some help. Oh, we did. We got a Mark Giordano. Great, so you got a top pairing and nobody. I'm sorry, they, something's got to change in that franchise. You've got to do something about the defense. It's fun to score goals. The fans love to see it, yes. You know what else they love? Winning playoff games. Winning playoff series. Winning playoff series would be even more fun. And that comes from playing defense and keeping the other team from scoring more than you. Is that allowed? I don't know. Let's go ask the Boston Bruins and see how they're doing. Okay. The team that the team that we thought were going to be fair to Midland this season. And that's that's the reason I, I am still worried about them because I see. Oh, did you like that segue, by the way? 
I, I caught it, and I was trying to use it without you running all over it. But, you know, you... <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's late. <laughs> eh, what's your excuse every other week? It's Sunday. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anywho, Boston Bruins, Mike is worried. Mike is legitimately not for show worried about the Boston Bruins this year. Really? Wouldn't right been. now, they're one of the most penalized teams in the league. Nah, six most, but okay. You can't do that and continue to win. You can when you can actually kill penalties. Not in the playoffs. This team does not remind me of the 2011 Cup winners. Okay. It reminds me of the 2009 Meltdown. Okay. I think that leadership has gelled better into leadership roles. So I don't I don't think it's going to be quite that disastrous a fall. I was but gonna if say you that. had if you had to ask me, do I think this team as they've played through what is it, twenty eight, thirty games, is gonna win the cup? My answer is no. They get way too sloppy, and they're losing games to teams they absolutely should not. They have played down to the level of bad teams too many times. They lost to freaking Arizona. Arizona. Your definition of too many times is what? Because they've lost a whopping four games. Even the games that they win against these lousy teams, and some of these teams have definitely been lousy, they've gotten sloppy. Look at, I mean, Florida's a reasonable team, even if they've got their heads up their backsides. But they had a 4 nothing game. They had a 4 nothing game. And they gave up three goals. Like, it didn't mean anything. They, they played focus. lazy, scrambly, mm-hmm. undisciplined hockey, and just short of game the game away. And it's undeniable because it happened. I watched it. You watched it. It was there. We were there. And I'm just legitimately, honestly, I'm legitimately disgusted by what I saw in some of these games. There is no excuse to losing to not just the Arizona Coyotes, but the Arizona Coyotes having come home, and when I say home, I mean to that intimate little pub that they call a an arena to yeah, play yeah. their first or second, like their first home game after a 14-game road trip. No, 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 no. And that's not the only loss to a bad team. I'm sorry. The Arizona game. I will. I will give you the Arizona game. They went into that game on the high of whooping up on Colorado and thinking we just beat the Stanley Cup champions without thinking about it. But they aren't the Stanley Cup champions because there was no Nathan McKinnon, no uh, no captain. Uh, Miko Rantanen was the only was the only 
top line player they had in that game. They went into Arizona and went, you know what? We don't even have to try. This is Arizona. We just whooped up on Colorado. Well, as I keep saying, Carol Vomelka is a real goaltender, and they just paid him fairly handily. I think he got like a, a contract similar to uh, Stuart Skinner's. Um, and guess what? Arizona went, these guys are the top team in the league. We need to play our asses off. Oh, I swore. I'm sorry. <laughs> We need to play our butts off, and they did. And unfortunately for the Bruins, yes, they played down to their competition. As far as coming home, I think that uh, a little bit of home cooking, I think they had a little too much home cooking. Uh, struggled against L.A., which they shouldn't have struggled against whoever they, they played lost. before L.A. That one was a loss. The other one was a win. Here are their losses on the season. Ottawa. Yeah, in Ottawa. Should not happen. No, it shouldn't have happened. But Ottawa outscored them. I don't. I don't know that they. They lost to Toronto. Maybe <sighs> acceptable. Maybe. Meh. They lost to Buffalo. They lost to Florida. I thought they only had four losses. Oh wait, there's two overtime losses in there, aren't there? Um. And Maybe that's this a- month. And I'm sorry. I, there's literally no excuse for losing to Arizona when you have a healthy roster. Fair there's enough. no excuse to losing to L.A. when you have a healthy roster. Okay. Don't give up three goals in the second period at home to a Florida team that doesn't believe it can win against good teams. Four losses and two overtime. Oh, yeah. Uh they also lost to Vegas. I'm willing to give them Vegas. I should. They shouldn't have lost to Vegas. They shouldn't have lost to Vegas when the Vegas didn't have. Um, they didn't have. They didn't have 30 percent of their damn. Kids. They didn't have Eichel. They didn't have uh, Petrangelo. They didn't have two or three other big stars. Really. They, they legit were without, like close to 20, over 20 percent of their cap. That that was not. That was no more the full roster than Colorado was. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't know that I'm – I don't want to start the – I don't want to start searching for panic buttons until like, I don't know, after the beginning of the year. I, I Oh, so you're going to wait a whole week. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I was thinking mid-January, but I just I, I don't know. Goaltending still looks strong. I, I'm worried about the I'm worried about the backup situation, but everybody seems race. everybody loves Swayman. The playoffs started today, and the Bruins are playing the Islanders. Okay, that's going to be an ugly series. You think so? Islanders are, have a winning record at home. They have a winning record on the road. They've got a plus 12, which is better than some of the teams ahead of them. Okay. I'm not saying that I expect the Bruins to lose it today. I am saying you get complacent like you did in the second period uh, of this game, uh, of tonight's game against uh, Florida, and yeah, you're going to give them two games. So what's your fix? 
I don't know what the fix is. I think that they honestly need an on ice kick in the uh, in the uh, tender bits. Well, they can always go games. call. They can always go call Jacob Truba. <laughs> I, I, I don't see first of all I don't see Bergeron doing that in order to get reaction from the team um, we talked about that earlier tonight um, yes I know I think that we need to give Jim Montgomery more than what's their record games. oh yeah 31 games I think we need to before we figure out exactly what Jim I mean well, Jim Montgomery's the, only other NHL history was in Dallas and Unfortunately, he had to step away from the game. But before that, they were doing all right. Yeah, but let's rewind a bit. Jim Montgomery already came out and said the other night when they had a bad game that he tried to talk to them after the first period and it didn't do any good. And he told Bergeron to go do it during the second intermission. And Bergeron had to get the team's um, head removed from its uh, lowest – from its – Bowel exit. So Jim Montgomery's already lost the locker room after 31 games. I wouldn't. Actually, I think a better question is: Has Jim Montgomery ever had the locker room? Because oh, they're, oh, they're doing this despite Jim, because they all say great things about him. They say great things about him, but let's let's be honest. Patrice Bergeron has been the emotional epicenter of the Boston Bruins for more than 15 years. Mm-hmm. David Krejci is about to crack a thousand games himself and is a well-respected member of the league. Brad Marchand is absolutely a straw stirring the drink in that locker room. And there are guys playing to make David Pasternak want to stay in Boston. Pasternak is not, Pasternak is not stupid. They can. They're playing to make. They're playing to make him want to stay, but he also knows that Bergeron at 37 is not signing another six-year deal. Not Krejci signing is another not signing deal. another six-year deal. I wasn't so, talking about Dave about Patrice Bergeron uh, uh, being among those players. Patrice Bergeron plays the way he plays because he's Patrice Bergeron. If he if he expected the team to finish 0 and 82. He would still play the game the same way as if he expected the team to finish 82 and up. Um, that's who Patrice Bergeron is, and that's why everyone loves him. But when you look at guys who are having career years around him, they know if they lose their biggest young star, that the team is probably going to get broken up, or it's just going to plain suck for several years. And they're going to be stuck play, never playing another playoff game or another meaningful game for three <laughs> or four years until they get traded or their contract expires. Mm, so, yes, mm. I will make the case that it is possible the locker mm-hmm. room is playing for the locker room and not for Jim Montgomery, who already declared that he made that he passed the buck to Patrice Bergeron. Do you trust what Marchand would? Do you trust Brad Marchand when he when he says something when he comes out and makes a statement? I think that Brad Marchand is 100% capable of steering people towards believing things that he wants them to believe without lying. Okay, so this quote that I'm reading, and here it is, Monty, Monty does a great job connecting with guys. 
He's been finding ways to figure out what makes guys click and what makes them play their best. He's able to push those buttons. He seems like a great player's coach. That was the feedback we got from every team and every guy we talked to about him. And he said this before the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Okay. Uh, that's I just I, I mean I don't think that Marshawn's going to come out and say something like that and not yeah. have something behind but it. That I mean, statement has limitations. He's not saying that he thinks that he's making for good game plans. There's nothing about X's and O's or nothing about systems in there. You can like a person and not respect them. You can like a person and not think that they're good at their job. Okay. That's two different things. You can like a person not respect, respecting them and not thinking they. I just I. I don't think that he's. I don't think he's sitting there going, you know what? I'm just going to sit back. You guys figure it out on your own. Because you know what? That's actually what's going on in the other sports team that's playing right now. The the Boston Celtics. The head coach literally has come out and said that he lets the team figure it out for themselves. Completely different sport. The players are completely different animals. Entirely different dynamic. Depending on the team. I mean, there are some coaches that have control of their teams. My point is that I don't think that he is just sitting there letting Bergeron run the show. Do I think that the because of the age of the team and the experience of the team – that they may go out there and not necessarily follow his game plan to the letter? Probably. Because I saw him look exasperated a couple of times on camera during tonight's game. And I've seen it mm, at least five or six times when they won games. Because if you ask me, they didn't deserve to win tonight against Florida. You can always get Cassidy back. I know how much I like him. Never. No. Then who would you like to be head coach? Because you don't want – because I get the feeling you don't like Montgomery. It's not that I don't like Montgomery. (laughs) I have never said I didn't like Montgomery. True. I simply asked a question. I haven't haven't passed judgment on him yet, to be quite honest. I I haven't – I got the feeling that sometimes, yeah, I think that he's the new coach and – He's either A, going to really put his foot down, which is going to aggravate the fact that the locker room is not a bunch of rookies. Or B, he's going to be too laid back, and in which case he's never, as we said, never going to have the locker room. I don't know. I, I, I haven't passed judgment on him yet. And am I worried about the team? If they continue with this drawing penalties at the rate I mean they're sixth highest in the league that is probably the most concerning thing that I'm seeing the fact that they can kill penalties off and that it's not hurting them at this time is kind of masking that but I think in that sense you are right I think that the penalties is probably the worst thing right now they're taking too many of them sixth highest in the league is ridiculous that I will that I will give you and with that, good night, uh, ladies, gentlemen, hockey players of all ages, descriptions, and yes, even you have some Leafs fans. 
We'll catch you on the flip side. Uh, Boxing Day is our next recording. Uh, Hit us with tweets, comments. Uh, You know how to find us. And we are happy, happy, happy to open up the mailbag. Congratulations on 300. 300 it is. We've Uh, made it to 300. Um, Will we make it to 500? Who knows? Linus Olmark is the number one goalie in the NHL. <laughs> Chris has now fulfilled his contractual obligation to mention Linus Olmark by name at least once. <laughs> we can sign off. Happy holidays, y'all. It's been real. Talk to you on Boxing Day. <laughs>